So one knows the breath with wisdom and knowing the breath with wisdom in this way, then one knows the Dhamma. And in this practice of Dhamma, it takes time. One must use time. What is important is making effort and making effort continuously in one's practice. So when one has the time, then this is a good thing to be able to have the time to practice. When one has time in the morning or the evening, then take the time to sit in meditation. And then when one sets a regular time to sit in meditation, to practice formal meditation, then the mind starts to feel that it needs uh, peace at this time, that it needs rest. Sometimes we feel the, uh, when it gets close to the time of one's regular meditation time, then this is, uh, the mind just starts to feel like it really wants that peacefulness and wants that rest in, in its experience. And even before we even sit properly in the sitting posture, the mind may become collected already. And as the time approaches for one's formal practice, the mind can even start to become cool and at ease as the time approaches when one sets the same time every day. And the mind is like this. It's just like eating. When we have a, a meal at a certain time every day, at the same time every day, then around that time, the mind will become more alert around that same time. So it's the same with Dhamma practice. The mind needs peacefulness, needs collectedness. And this collectedness is the foundation for the arising of wisdom. We contemplate the arising and passing away of sense phenomena. And seeing sense objects clearly, also known as uh, vipassana, seeing sense objects with vipassana, then this clear seeing can lead to peace of mind, can lead to peacefulness. And when peacefulness is solid and steady, then one will know even more clearly than one did at the beginning. Because at the beginning, this clear seeing, it's not yet totally clear. It's only clear to a certain level. So one repeats an internal mantra or uses one's meditation object and practices mindfulness, and this leads to collectedness. Know the arising and passing away of the breath. Know when one is changing one's posture and have mindfulness with these various activities. So whether the breath is coming in and out or one's coming or going, sitting, standing, lying down or walking, have mindfulness with all these different activities, then the mind can become peaceful to varying degrees practicing in this way, seeing the coming and going of the breath, and even just seeing a little bit of arising or a little bit of passing away, this can be called vipassana. And seeing clearly, one sees that this body, it's something that's not me, not mine, 
it's just a heap of the four elements of earth, air, water, and fire. And these elements come and go. They're not a me, not a I, not a you or a yours. And when the mind sees clearly in this way, then the obstructions of greed, aversion, and delusion uh, can't arise. So this is known as controlling the defilements, the kilesas. And one can develop vipassana in this way in order to temporarily cut off the kilesas and give oneself a temporary freedom, a tatanga vimuti. So do this often. Make the mind peaceful. Start to see more and more clearly that all things are not self, not a me, not a mine. Whether it's the body, uh, feelings, mind, or dhammas, these are just as they are. A body is just a body. Feelings are just feelings. The mind is just the mind. And dhammas are just dhammas. This is wisdom. This is the arising of wisdom. And then the mind can feel open and fresh, clean and pure, and feel bright. And practicing in this way, one fights with the five hindrances. The five hindrances which are that which uh, obstruct goodness and block goodness from arising. So to practice with the five hindrances, one must practice the path of sila, samadhi, panya, virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. And we can also call this the Noble Eightfold Path. So have mindfulness in one's mind and know that which is correct view, right view. Take care of one's body, speech, and mind to be within the bounds of sila, of virtue. Have continuous mindfulness, and this can lead to the arising of wisdom. And practice mindfulness with the breath. And with the arising of uh, greed, aversion, and delusion, we can see that this is normal, that these uh, kilesas arise. We practice to see them in time, to see their arising in time, and see that this is just nature. And we contemplate why, why is greed arising, or aversion arising, or delusion arising, and just know this. So we, we contemplate and we can see all uh, pleasure, pain, and neutral sensation. See it just as nature that comes and goes, arises and passes away. And practice seeing the heart clearly in the present moment. See that all, all feeling tone arises and passes away in the present moment. Whether it was a feeling of pleasure, pain, or neutral, in the past, in the present, or in the future, it all comes and goes. None of it's stable, none of it's certain, none of it lasts. All the feeling in the past has all come and gone. That in the present is coming and going as we look at it. And in the future, all feelings will also come and go in the same way. So knowing this with wisdom, one sees that the mind is just the mind. It's not a me, not a you, not a I, not a theirs, not a them. This is the arising of wisdom, which allows us to put down the clinging in the heart, the clinging to uh, physicality and 
and mentality. And we see that all things, whether good or bad, whether the five hindrances or the Noble Eightfold Path, all of it is Dhamma. We can look at this Noble Eightfold Path, the five powers, the five um, spiritual faculties, the seven factors of awakening, uh, the four foundations of mindfulness, and all the different uh, 37 wings to awakening that the Buddha taught. These are all, we can say, on the side of goodness that lead to awakening. And then we can also see everything that is bad, that's obstructive. Both the good and the bad are all Dhamma. It's all Dhamma. And usually the attitude of the mind or the relationship of the mind to all these Dhammas is to cling to them as me and mine, as a self. And we practice to let them all go, all these Dhammas go, let them go according to nature see them arise and pass away, see that they're not self. If mindfulness is insufficient, then it's hard to see clearly in this way. The proliferation of the mind is so fast. And we can see that the arising of greed, aversion, and delusion, it arises because of this sense of self. The feeling is that the body is mine, it's me. And we can ask, well, where, when we look at physical things, where exactly is this self? And the mind uh, with no samadhi will see, see everything as me and in, in terms of me and mine as a self. But the, the fact that the mind that's collected and peaceful can see the not self nature of things, this is a, a miracle of Dhamma. So we practice mindfulness, practice wisdom, cultivate the Noble Eightfold Path, and seek to grow our understanding. And this practice of Dhamma, this study and mental cultivation is of great benefit, of immense benefit. And we must contemplate that these lives of ours are uncertain. Typically, uh, humans at this time will not live over a hundred years. To live over a hundred years is uh, very, very rare. And whatever number of years we reach, we all must die in the end. And one can't take anything with oneself after death. So these uh, human bodies come from the four elements, and this is something that's temporary a temporary arising. So we practice to have the Buddha arise in the heart. And this arising of a self-awakened Buddha in the world is something that's very difficult to have arise. And also for us to be born as humans with complete with all the 32 parts of the human body, this is also something that's very difficult to have happen. And we can see that nowadays there are many humans that are alive on the planet, many humans being born, and uh, the world is, is also filled with chaos and troubles. And we can see that for the mind to be at a human level is something that is much more rare than for a human body to be born. When there's uh, fewer humans than the world is more at ease. 
but with many, many humans, then it becomes more chaotic and troubled. So practice to meet the teachings of the Buddha in your heart and practice to see clearly the truth of nature. Make effort to see the drawbacks of not having virtue and this will lead to having virtue. See the value of practicing generosity and see that this practice of generosity helps to reduce uh, clinging and greed and this practice of virtue reduces uh, greed and aversion. The mind still has greed, aversion, and delusion, but one is able to control it with sila. And practicing, practicing this, practicing the Dhamma that the Buddha taught has a great benefit because the mind is able to become collected. And a mind that is able to collect in samadhi must have generosity and virtue uh, as a foundation. And this uh, leads to beneficial mental cultivation. And this mental cultivation, this bhavana, is an immense merit, a great merit. And one can reflect that if a thousand people have the quality of generosity, then perhaps just one out of a thousand of those people have virtue established. And if a thousand people have virtue, then perhaps just one out of those thousand people will practice bhavana, mental cultivation. And perhaps out of a thousand people that practice meditation and mental cultivation, perhaps just one out of that thousand will gain uh, collectedness of mind in samadhi. So we can see that this is something that's uh, rare and difficult. So one must have effort. Lungpu Cha taught that in the postures of sitting, standing, walking and lying down, have mindfulness. And for monastics doing the monastic routine, have mindfulness with all the different activities, waking up, doing morning chanting, going on alms round, putting on and taking off one's robe, eating the alms food, cleaning up after the meal, doing the daily chores and daily routine, doing the evening chanting, have mindfulness with all these activities. And this is uh, many opportunities for mindfulness to develop and increase. And for lay people, lay people can also cultivate mindfulness, although this is something that's difficult to do. And if one is able to cultivate mindfulness, this is something that is greatly beneficial. One can feel cool, feel light, and have collectedness in one's heart. If samadhi, if peace of mind reduces, then the mind will cling and feel hot. Greed, aversion, and delusion arises, and the mind feels hot and agitated. And when this happens, know that this is happening. And if one has a lot of aversion arising in the mind, then one can do the cultivation of loving kindness as a meditation practice. So this dosa, this not liking, if one has this arising, then one can sit and practice loving kindness, have the mind gather in this way.
This is something that's normal to have aversion in the heart. It's not that one comes to practice meditation and then all of a sudden one is free from greed, aversion, and delusion. It's not like that. It must uh, take time. This is natural and normal. It's just like growing a tree. One waters the tree, gives it fertilizer, protects it from dangers, and the tree uh, takes time to grow and bear fruit. So this is something that uh, takes time. So don't stop in your effort. Keep putting forth effort. In the beginning, there can be much doubt in the practice. So one can look at this doubt and ask, who, who is doubting? Who is the one who is doubting? And practice to know in time doubt as it arises. And one can see that the doubts arise and then pass away and the mind can feel at ease. And then sometimes even then the mind will get lost again and think, oh, I don't have any doubts now. Will I get lost because I'm not doubting? So this is just doubt arising again. And contemplate this as uncertain. Whether one has liking or not liking, it's all uncertain. It's all anicca, impermanent. This is what Lung Cha taught. One can even look at the example if one is lost in aversion to a certain individual and one really feels aversion towards them. But then one day, one may have forgiveness arising one's heart and one may actually like that very same person. So one can see that this is uncertain. So don't believe in your own moods. Whether greed, aversion, or delusion, it's all uncertain. It's always changing. So practice mental cultivation, practice meditation a lot. See the Buddha Dhamma in your mind, in your heart. Be determined in your practice. May you be well, may you grow in blessings.